Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. by the Saints for a touchdown! It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good! We'll take you to places most fans never go. Will Lutz from 60! To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown! Taysom Hill! Taysom TD! Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! Hey, y'all. Who dat? And welcome in. This is Inside Black and Gold, a special post-draft edition. I'm Jeff Nowak. I will be joined here shortly in a special kind of format. Steve Geller my esteemed co-host, and also Charlie Long, who we work with at WWL Radio. He does a great job producing sports talk every day. He joined Steve and myself on a special Draft Fest kind of recap episode, which aired on WWL Radio Sunday morning. And and the first thing I want to do is apologize to our listeners. I did have a bunch of plans, great best laid plans to throw a bunch of content in the feed and kind of keep you updated after every pick, after every day of the draft. Well, the draft got the better of me. I ran out of time. Every time I was about to post something, it was like, oh, the Saints made a trade and it was too late. So we kind of went dormant there for a couple days. So I wanted to come back and give you all of the content I could in this episode. So I went through and I stripped out a lot of the radio elements. So you're not going to be hearing us throwing to ads or anything like that. But we did get into a lot about Every single Saints draft pick about the trades, about what our expectations are. We heard from callers. We threw a bunch of audio in there. So I hope you all enjoy this. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do that. 
Give us a rating. Give us a review. It really helps us out. Now that we're through the draft, we have a lot that we're going to target. We're going to have rookie mini camp coming up. And we're obviously going to have training camp. So make sure to get subscribed. Hit us up on YouTube at WWL Sports. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Noack. You can follow Steve at Steve Geller WWL. I think Charlie did a really good job in this episode. I'm hoping that we can get him back on for some more guest spots going forward. And, you know, we're really trying to grow this thing going into next season. It's in year two. I think we have a chance to really kind of expand our listenership. So if you know anyone that's looking for a new podcast that you think would be interested, have them come hit me up or have them subscribe or whatever they want to do. But make sure to let them know. Let all your friends know. Let your family know. Whatever. Throw it out there. Would always appreciate it. Listen to Inside Black and Gold. And without further ado, here is the first segment of our Draft Fest recap show. Thanks so much for listening. And guys, just in general, uh, I feel pretty good about this draft. Charlie, uh, I know you were in for the long haul, too, the last couple of days. What's your you know, overall take uh, right off the bat of seeing this Saints draft class of 2023? Are you guys surprised that we picked seven players? <laughs> I kind of am. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I especially because they had three trades on the I know. last day. Like. Well, they went the first two days, the first three rounds, without being able to make a trade. Right. And then yesterday, they made three. They make two to get up in the fourth round, and then they make that final one with Adam Troutman to get back into the sixth and take A.T. Perry. Yeah, and when you say not being able to, they, like that's very they much tried. what happened. They were trying. They, they absolutely they, tried. They wanted to trade. It seems it pains them not to be able to yes. trade up. Yeah, you could see it on Dennis Allen's face when he came down after the, after the <laughs> second day. It was like, oh, you guys haven't didn't make a trade for the first time in like eight years, and he just I was like, oh, we were trying. <laughs> guys, 24 straight times trading up. Without yeah. trading down. Yeah. Since 2007, they had their draft philosophy. They went through with it. They got the players that they wanted. So how can you not really be happy with this draft class? I am. I think they filled a lot of needs. I don't know about you guys. Mm-hmm. They had a bunch of positional needs entering the weekend, and they filled almost all of them. So, I mean, the one thing that they didn't really get was a tight end. <laughs> I was going to say, that's the biggest question like, left right they now. They got rid of a tight end. <laughs> they got ri- In fact, they absolutely did. They did the rid of Troutman. So, I mean, looking at the draft class, for weeks we'd been saying that this was one of the best tight end classes in years and you didn't get a single one that's the one kind of smudge on this this weekend but other than that I'm really happy with the class overall well, it does make you wonder if maybe this season they are going to be committed to Taysom Hill at tight end it's kind of been a running joke that they haven't been using him at tight end but it, if they're comfortable with their rider, their tight end room as they said they were and as their actions would have indicated then maybe they that's kind of them being like okay well last year this was the plan we didn't get to it really but now this year we're going to really kind of incorporate that. I also think they're expecting another step from Jawan Johnson with Derek. Well, Hart. sure, but you still need bodies behind oh, him, right? Like you're going to need. What if he gets hurt? Lucas Kroll season. That's what I no, too, I mean right? he's there, <laughs> but yeah, but like what if, if Jawan Johnson goes down? I don't know what you do. So I think they have to bring somebody in. But first things first, let's go through what Each the pick? actual picks. Were, yeah, right? absolutely. So let's just make sure everyone's on the same page here. Round one, pick twenty nine, Brian Brzee, defensive tackle out of Clemson. My grade on this is only slightly dinged by the fact that I think they would have preferred Miles Murphy, and they said they would yeah. they would have taken either. But there's always a preference, right? Like if you put them both on the board, you are taking one before the other, and I think they would have gone with Miles Murphy if he was on the board. He went to the Bengals one pick earlier. That's the only reason I don't necessarily love that pick, but I still think it's a great pick. Snipes happen. I mean, they happen. Yeah. You're, you're completely right. I think they would have taken Miles Murphy had the Bengals not taken him at 26 or 28 overall. I still think it's an okay pick. We talked to Pete Jenkins earlier in the week, I think on Wednesday. Yeah. And Pete kind of had a few things to say about him. Like it was the scheme that he was in at Clemson where he didn't have that much production and obviously he had gotten injured in his freshman year. He was a really highly recruited high school yeah. prospect. Guy Number that's got, one recruit. Yeah, exactly. So he was, he's got a high ceiling. Uh, it's just if he can reach his potential. So, yeah, it's a, 
question with these Saints first round picks. It might be the biggest question I have, honestly, of all of their selections in this draft. The production was there early on with Brzee, but you know, you have to the injuries that happened later on, obviously the unfortunate events with his sister passing away from cancer. Life happens, but it doesn't, you know, it still needs to translate in production. And so that's going to be interesting to me. I think uh, that's someone I'm going to be watching very carefully come training camp. Interested to see how he does in the Saints system and how he reacts against, you know, going up against the O-line here. But overall, like you said, it was a need uh, for this team that needed, that was filled and was pretty impressed that, you know, with round two, they go back to back, adding to that D-line again, too. At the end of the day, I think if he stays healthy, it was a good pick, right? Like, that's the bet you're making. And it's just a bet they've made a lot. And that's why you kind of feel leery of it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but I think that's it. Because I don't really care about the numbers, right? Like, defensive tackle, it's not about gaudy sack totals. It's about, okay, are you drawing double teams? Yeah. Are you opening up lanes for the linebackers to get up? Well, Is Demario Davis too. eating? Yeah, but it's not necessarily, right? Like, if you were doing your job and you're stopping the run and you're taking a double team, you're not creating a pressure, but you are opening a lane for Demario Davis, right? He set a personal record in sacks last year. Yeah. Part of it was because he was the one getting the pressures. And so you need the defensive tackles to eat double teams and create lanes. And sure, if you can get to the quarterback and you can pressure him, that's great. But that's not the first priority of a defensive tackle it's stopping the run and it is eating a double team and so that's kind of like as if he's on the field as a rookie I'm happy about it hopefully Brissy can kind of break the trend of 29th overall picks because I don't know if y'all have looked at it the last decade have not been very good it's like dating back to 2013 Cordero Patterson is the best 29th overall pick like since then it's been Cordero Patterson then 2014 was Dominique Easley Mm. 2015 Philip Dorsett 2016 Robert Kandichi 2017, David Njoku has had a pretty solid start to his career. He's been solid. He's been all right. Yeah. 2018, Taven Bryan, who's going to be just, I mean, a journeyman at this point. I remember point. all that hype around Kendichi, man. Oh. Right. Kendichi was really, really good, good at Ole Miss. And oh, then, learned how to spell his name and everything. Right. 2018, uh, Taven Bryan, as I said. 2019, LJ Collier. 2020, Isaiah Wilson, one of the worst busts in recent years. Uh, 2021, Eric Stokes went to the Packers. 2022, Cole Strange to the Patriots. Yeah, so I mean, it it hasn't been very good uh, with 29th overall pick. So, so we're due, we're due. Yeah, for hopefully, Breezy can kind <laughs> of change I, I keep, the tides. I keep muting my mic by accident because uh, I want to drink coffee because I desperately need coffee because I am exhausted. <laughs> so keep that in mind. If I sound like in, unintelligible at points throughout this broadcast, it's because I am. Well, I am. It's been a long week. Although I did get sleep last night. I'm, I'm just like it takes me two days to like reset from the from the four hours of sleep I get over three days to the 10 hours I get on one day. Sure, you get up today and it's still like that haze of, wait a minute, what just happened to us? Yeah. Okay, so the plan was to just run through these picks, but we ended up spending four <laughs> minutes on Brzee. That's fine. Let's go quickly on the he next. He was your number one guy. The so. next six. Yeah, and, and as from a mock draft perspective, we put a ton of these out there. I named Brian Brzee, Isaiah Foskey, and Kendry Miller. We put out four mock drafts, and I got all three of those in one or the other. So I feel like that's a success. Steve, Steve was over four. Absolutely right. Yeah, I had not. There was not, not so a single name. I will take that as a win. Anyway, going forward, yeah. So one of the reasons I think you're okay with the Brzee pick now that you see how it developed is they did end up with Isaiah Foskey, defensive end out of Notre Dame. You do wonder if they ended up with Miles Murphy. That's got to be a different pick. And I think they did reach a little bit for Foskey. So we'll have to get into that. But going forward, I think this pick really tied it off and hit the biggest need that everyone had, which was running back Kendry Miller at number 71 at a TCU, coming for Alvin Kamara's job. 
But one way or another, like he's a one cut back. He's exactly what they needed. He's what they were hoping to get out of Mark Ingram last year. I think he was just one year too far down the line of his career to really be successful at it. But that's one of my favorite picks of this draft by anybody. I like the fact that you you know you mentioned Mark Ingram. Unfortunately, it seems like the last lasting memory that we're going to have of him is that unfortunate step out of bounds against Tampa Bay. I, there's a chance he could be re-signed, but you know, I, I don't yeah. expect him to be back at, with his team in the mix. He might end up on the practice squad kind of like Latavius Murray last year and you know, like cuz veterans do that now. That's in, one of these changes of the game day call-ups is you can stash a veteran on the practice squad and they can have a chance to contribute for a couple games, four games throughout the season. But yeah, I don't think he's going to get back on the active roster. But with Miller, yeah, love the attitude, love the production we've we, you know, you see from him and uh, especially that one clip that you had tweeted out of mm-hmm. the just that, that yeah. able to stay upright was absolutely amazing. It was like, yeah. he really, you know, you talk about Alvin Kamara being in the Matrix. He looked like that in that, that clip as well. Yeah, I was really impressed with Miller. <laughs> At TCU this past season, he was fantastic. He was a big reason why they had such a great season all the way to the national championship game. He didn't he play did, in he the did national not championship play. game. Correct. Yep. He did not play in that. I don't think he really would have made that big of a difference in such you a You never blowout. know. I think, you know, that game, it's like when you're playing Georgia, you just have to stay within – Within shouting distance, you have to control the ball. Philadelphia South. Yeah, and they, yeah, right. We'll we'll see how Kendry Miller does when they play the Eagles again. You're right, 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 right. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, maybe, yeah, maybe he'll treat it as a personal challenge because he didn't get to show off in that championship game. Yeah, I still think he had an awesome season. I think this is a guy that they had obviously kind of put on their board as one of their top running back prospects, and and they went out and got him. Because some people thought that they reached for Kendra, and I think like if you like a guy that much in the third round and you want to draft a running back that high, go get him. I think they were talking about trading up in the third round. I'm pretty sure if they traded up, they would have to go get him. Yeah, they were they were thrilled he was still on the board. When they picked, and I know a lot of people are upset they didn't go Tajay Spears or Devon A Chain. But again, and we talked about this yesterday, take Tulane out of the equation, right? Why are you taking Tajay Spears over Kendra Miller, right? Give me the give me the reason. And it's like the Saints aren't going to use that hometown storyline. That's not factoring into their equation. If anything, it might drop them down because they see it as a distraction. Mm-hmm. So like, if you just put these two guys on a line, you're taking Kendra Miller, uh, and so like, I don't mind that. Like, the, the Steelers took Kenny Pickett last year. If he didn't go to Pitt, I don't think he ends up in Pittsburgh, right? And I don't think that's the right way to draft. I really don't. I think Tajay's obviously still a immensely talented back, though. Oh, you know, he's um, great. He's great. It's going to be interesting to see if he ends up, you know, taking the crown from King right. Henry in Tennessee. But he's. <laughs> but that's just not what the the Saints needed out of that back they needed a power one cut runner who has some ability in the passing game and so that's what they got anyway let's go through these really quick day three trades start right away (laughs) before the draft the Saints send 115 and 167 to the Bears trade up to 103 I think that's a steal right they moved up 12 picks and they gave up their second fifth because you look at what the Eagles had to I was give say, up. Then everybody else started following. Yeah, the suit. Raiders traded in right behind him. The Eagles traded in right behind them. The Eagles gave up a 2024 third to yep. move up to 105 to move up two picks behind the Saints. Like that's a that's a pick. That's a real pick. Like the Saints just got Kendra Miller in the third round, and the Eagles did it to trade up and just get another Georgia guy and Keely Ringo. <laughs> but the Saints get Nick Saladavari, offensive lineman at Old Dominion, a guy who I think is going to shift into guard. as what Dennis Allen said. But right. one of the reasons they liked him is he has the flexibility to kick out to tackle if they need it. And that's always a big thing with the Saints. Yes. They always talk about that cross-positional cross flexibility. It's why Cesar Ruiz is here, right? It's why James Hurst is here. Mm-hmm. Anthony Bradford was another example. Everybody was freaking out. Why did they take Anthony Bradford? Well, again, take LSU out of that equation, and why are you taking Anthony Bradford? I, I think this is a solid pick. He's a guy who's going to have to prove some stuff. But going down, next pick, also a trade. 
227 and a 24-fourth to the Bears to take Jake Hayner out of Fresno State. He's a Drew Brees clone. We'll talk more about that. Going down, then you pick the guy who's probably, if you go forward a couple years, it's going to be the guy you forget. <laughs> in Jordan Howden, he reminds me of a Saquon Hampton, <laughs> right? Like, he has a chance. I think he's a good, he'll be a good special teams player, but he's not going to make any waves. Jordan Howden, safety out of Minnesota. I was going to say, are you hoping maybe he turns into that P.J. Williams type of player? I mean, I'm hoping he can get on the field as a safety. I'm hoping he can be a gunner. I, I, if anything, J.T. Gray. Is my like that's what I was just thinking. Yeah, like Justin Hardy. Like I think he's a guy you take, hoping he can stand out on special teams and maybe two, three years down the road grows enough to be that center fielder safety. When we interviewed him uh, yesterday, he had said that he has a lot of experience on yeah. special teams. Yeah, like four hundred so snaps. Obviously, last year. why they went and got yep. him. I think maybe he develops onto a defensive player, but he's going to be a special teams guy. No question. And then the final pick that the Saints made. Did I miss one? No, no, no. You got okay. them all. The final pick the Saints made, also a trade. They sent Adam Troutman, tight end Adam Troutman, to the Broncos. See ya. And pick 257. Thank you. To, right. <laughs> to bring back 195. And we were talking in the in the reporter's room about, like, man, what a slight to Adam Troutman that you couldn't just trade him for a sixth-round <laughs> yeah, pick. Right. You had to include the 257. <laughs> and I responded, like, I almost feel like the Saints were like, can you just take this? We don't right. want to hang around and make this pick. And if we have it, we have to do something with it. Yeah. So just please just take it. Take it. Take it off our hands. <laughs> and so they did that. They moved up to 195, which is a pretty big jump. It's a full round. You know, they moved up 62 picks to take A.T. Perry, wide receiver out of Wake Forest, a guy who I think dropped because, and this is his words, character concerns. He told us that. And we don't know exactly what they were, but it has to be character concerns because he didn't get hurt, really. And you look at the production, his last two years at Wake Forest, he had like 27 touchdowns in 28 games. Incredible production. I think 150 catches, like 2,000 yards. Uh, 6'3", about 200 pounds, exactly what they need. They haven't had a 6'3 wide receiver since they shipped, since they converted Jawan Johnson to tight end, and they got rid of little Jordan Humphrey, um, who was also on the Broncos. <laughs> Dennis Allen said that that trade kind of developed throughout the middle of the day. Like They didn't know that Sean Payton might have wanted Adam Trouton, but they were like, he drafted him, might as well. And so I think that's a really good, that's one of my, that's my second favorite pick in this draft because he fits exactly what they need if the character concerns weren't real, which it didn't sound like they are, and they can just get a very productive, big-bodied receiver out of him, I think it's great. It's going to be a watch for Saints camp, watching him go against Brian Edwards and yep. Traquan Smith for the back end of that wide receiver rotation. I think he's really good. I watched a lot of tape on him. He's what Mike called a very tall drink of water. (laughs) He's a guy that can make those contested catches. I think he's more of like a third down receiver, someone that you can kind of trust to go up and get a big catch. So I'm really excited to see how he does. Just... And I think he's. he said, he put out a tweet, I think, like, you're not going to regret this at Saints, and he loved to see that kind of, like, he's ready to go out there, yeah. he's like a bulldog. When you take chain. a guy in the sixth round, you want, you're want you hoping that's a chip on his shoulder exactly. as opposed to, like, a guy like Kayshawn Booty, like, I hope he takes going in the sixth round as a slight that he's going to work harder from, because if he doesn't, it's a problem. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former SportsCenter 
anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Uh, I laughed. I have a, a buddy of mine who's a big Patriots fan. He's telling me he was calling me about the you know the pick, and he's like, "Oh, everyone on the the Patriots draft board is calling this the steal of the draft." And I'm oh, like, "Well, yeah. pump, pump the brakes a little right no, there." No, he went exactly where I've been <laughs> saying he was going to go all month, and uh, so hopefully he learns from it because he's a great player. Just got to work hard. Want to get to one of our favorites, Big John and Metairie checking in. What you want to say about this year's draft, Big John? What up, man? Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Doing good. What's up, Big John? I think the quarterback from Fresno State, I was looking at that kid the whole time. I think he's the steal of the draft. Derek, uh, Jameis Winston's going to be going. I can tell you that right now. Mark my words, when this kid gets a little bit of experience and learns how to read the defenses and the speed of the game, he is going to be a fantastic quarterback. That's my opinion. I want to know what y'all think. Big John, there was one random night, and I'll occasionally just watch college football games during college football season. There's one random Saturday night. It was week eight of this past season. I started watching at like 10.30. Fresno State started playing San Diego State. Fresno State was down 28-17 to in that game with four minutes left in the fourth quarter. They had the ball at their own 20, and they won. They won 32-28 to in that game, and Jake Hayner led this crazy two-minute drive. Then they got the onside kick, and like the first play after the onside kick, they scored another touchdown. They won that game 32-28. to In that game, he threw two interceptions, but 34-45, of 394 yards, and three touchdowns. He impressed me so much. He was just a dog in that game. So A bulldog, you might say. There you go. I really like the pick <laughs> as well. Uh, I think he's probably my third favorite pick of this draft class, but just after watching that game, I just knew that this guy was going to be an NFL draft prospect. He was so accurate in, in like such a clutch situation. I really liked watching him play. Well, he's a very intelligent guy. Mm-hmm. And if he once he learns, I think he's got to learn the speed of the game and the defense is a little better. But once he does that and he starts making some adjustments and if Derek Carr, he really starts learning on the Derek Carr, he, he's going to beat James Winston out. I'm telling you that right now. Both both Fresno State be, guys. Yeah, I think this guy can be on the field in two years. I really do. Yeah. So the way I look at it is right. I, I like the timing of this pick. Right. I, I like Jake Hayner. I like his pedigree. I like that he wears number nine. He grew up idolizing Drew Brees. Like if you're trying to find a Saints quarterback of the future, probably not the worst option, right? But I also like the timing of it because I think it is. This is exactly when you need to bring in a guy to not only see if he can be a starting quarterback in the NFL. I don't think that's. That is challenge one for him. Challenge one is, can you be a functional backup? Can you be a backup quarterback that this team can trust? Because this year, he's going to compete with Jameis Winston. I think Jameis is kind of like in the third turn if this was a race. like He would have to kind of stumble, I think, for Jake Hayner to beat him out this year, which is possible. right? It's not out of the question. But I think what you're trying to figure out this year is, can we look at Jake Hayner as the backup going into next season, year two with Derek Carr, because that's when you can say, these are the two quarterbacks on the roster, and Jake Hayner is learning. And then 
you know, who knows whether Derek Carr is going to be here beyond two seasons. You got an out after year two. And I think that's when you start answering that question. Do we start looking at the young guy? Do we start looking at Derek Carr maybe moving on? And so this year, what I need to see from him is that he can pick up the offense that if you needed to go to him in a backup role, you could trust him. Because I don't think Ian Book ever got to that point. Both fourth round picks, right? Like they're in very similar situations when they come into this roster. Ian Book was behind Taysom Hill, right? And I think that's what you need to see. You need to see him grow throughout the season to a point where you feel comfortable with him. And so that's my goal for him. I'm not talking about him beating out Jameis Winston. I'm talking about watching him in camp and feeling like this guy can play at the speed he needs to play at. Because when I watched Ian Book, every time I was like, he is playing way too slow. Every ball is coming out of his hand about a half second later than it needs to be. And that's what I want to see Jake Hayner do better. Yeah, the thing for me, too, with this pick, I just want to see the Saints being able to develop a quarterback. Uh, yes, something, Yeah, it's something we have not – I haven't been a witness to since coming here. You know, it was Garrett Grayson was a, a pick of this team. You mentioned Ian Book, but never really seen uh, the team draft a quarterback and develop them. And obviously, when you have someone like Drew Brees, it's it's a little tougher. And that guy could have been Patrick Mahomes, but we know the, the Kansas City <laughs> Chiefs done. ended up I'm jumping ahead of there. I'm done talking about that. I'm done. <laughs> it, it's a little, a little bitterness, you know, from the Houdat Nation. Yeah. I kind of said A.T. Perry was one of those guys I was really looking forward to watching in camp. Jake Hayner's that next guy. Yeah. I want to see if he can beat out James. Well, you're going to watch both spot. of them because I'm sure Jake Hayner is going to be the guy throwing to A.T. Perry a lot of times. Yeah, exactly. So I'm really actually looking forward to seeing those two guys in camp. I like Jake Hayner as a prospect. I, I just said that I had watched that one game, and he impressed me so much. And then I also watched bowl season. He played, I think, Washington State in bowl season, and I think they won that game as well. Where senior bowl him. guy. Yep. Yeah, a senior bowl, senior bowl MVP. Senior bowl MVP. Oh, right. man. I, would, right. I, would try, I reached out to the senior bowl trying to get their, you know, the head Jim of their – Yeah, Jim Nagy on with us to talk about that being a breeding ground, basically, for all this black and gold talent. And once again, proved again this year. How many of this draft class do you know offhand was at the uh, Senior Bowl? At least room? three. I don't know if A.T. Perry was there. I didn't look that up, but obviously Jake Hayner. Obviously, yeah, the, the, Isaiah, now they have the MVP Fos- of yeah, the Senior Isaiah, Bowl. Isaiah Foskey. <laughs> and uh, I, I haven't looked to see if A.T. Perry was there. But um, either way. Was Saldaveri there? I don't think so. Okay. Um, but you look at it and, you know, I feel vindicated by just me talking about the senior bowl constantly as like a proving ground for the Saints yeah. because every year you are looking at at least one or two picks. Like they're always going to spend if either a first or a second, it almost seems like. Like the year they didn't have a first round pick in 2019, they ended up with Eric McCoy in the second right. round. You might as well call senior bowl pre-draft Saints camp. No, that's why you have to be there if you're, if you're covering the Saints. Like there's no choice because you know you're either you're going to see at least one of their picks right. on that field at some point. And even uh, a guy like the one year I got to go to the Senior Bowl, Tano Passanio was there. He didn't get drafted by the Saints, but yeah. he's on the roster Nathan now. Nathan Shepard. There you go, Colin right. Saunders. <laughs> you know, like the, even the guys they bring in in free agency a lot of times are, are Senior Bowl guys. I'm pretty sure Jonathan Abram was there. Pretty his, strong connection, right? Yes, no question. Speaking of which, you all want to go through the undrafted free agents? Yeah, let's let's go through them, uh, or at least by name. And then I do yeah. want to break down a few because there's – <laughs> one of them is kind of hilarious in terms of like his background is he's crazy but yeah so <laughs> as always you get the kicker and the punter and mm-hmm. i think it's it's more about just you need someone to kick and punt at rookie minicamp than anything else right right blake groupie kicker out of notre dame and lou headley punter out of miami he's if you want to google lou headley you're gonna have a you're gonna, gonna have a, like, quite a rabbit hole to go down it's like another rock and roll punter like gilligan very much so yeah <laughs> he's got like full body tattoos he owned a tattoo shop at one point he's from australia he got shouted out by The Rock. I'm pretty sure he went to wow. Miami because of The Rock. He wore The Rock's number because The Rock obviously played at Miami, Dwayne Johnson. He was Dwayne Johnson then. He wasn't The Rock then. Mm-hmm. They, he didn't have The Rock on the back of his jersey, but he played at Miami. Anyway, going forward, 
Joel Wilson, tight end out of Central Michigan. He's interesting. But the guy that's really exciting is Nick Anderson, linebacker out of oh, Tulane. Tulane. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I confirmed that yesterday, and the, he's excited. He's very excited. That's, that's what awesome. told me. Anthony Orgy, linebacker out of Vanderbilt, and I confirmed that's how you say his name. It's O-R-J-I. Um, that's going to be a fun one for Mike Haas. I was going to say, I also can't <laughs> wait for the Cajun candidate to, yeah. to chime in on that name. <laughs> yeah, last year we got Smoke Monday. Now we have or- Orgy. Orgy. Oh, 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 you know if- – I won't even go there. Yeah, we, don't, we don't need to get too far down that one. <laughs> right. Uh, then Shaq Davis, wide receiver out of South Carolina State, HPUCU kid. Good to see. Mark Evans, the second offensive tackle out of Arkansas Pine Bluff. Going back to Ooh. the well, huh? If you remember, it's Teron Armstead's uh, stomping, stomping grounds. grounds yeah. yeah. Uh, so Mark Evans, the second. Alex Philstrom, which it took me a while to, to figure out how to spay that, spell that name. Uh, and then he's the center out of Illinois. Uh, Sir Roderick Thompson. That's S.A. Roderick, not Sir Roderick. It sounds like a Game of Thrones character a little yeah. bit. Um, but yeah, he's running back out of Texas Tech. Then Cy Barnett, wide receiver out of Davenport. Now, if you haven't looked up this kid, you know he's a 4-3-40 guy. He also kicks field goals and punts for them. Huh. I was going to say, I don't even know where Davenport is. No, they got it's rid of Marcus East, Davenport, so they brought in a wide receiver <laughs> From, out of Davenport. I gotcha. Yeah, he once had an 87-yard punt. Oh, wow. Yeah, so probably rolled for a little while, I guess. And then Anthony Johnson, cornerback out of Virginia. Now, don't be confused. There was also an Anthony Johnson Jr. went to Iowa State. got drafted by the Packers in the seventh round. He's a safety. This is a cornerback. So if you're trying to look up his stats, uh, make sure you're looking for the one out of Virginia. It's a pretty common name. And then the last one we know about was Jerron Cage, defensive tackle out of Ohio State. you got to have at least one Ohio State guy. Right? Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's the end of the list as it is for now. I think they have a couple more spots available. If they want to bring some folks in, I think they're probably going to save one of those spots to sign a tight end. Not sure who it's going to be. But, yeah, that, that's what we know about so far. So I had to look it up, like I said, with Davenport here. It's one of the 14 residential colleges of Yale University. Hmm. So it is in the Northeast. Well, it's a residential college at Yale. It doesn't mean it's in – what state is it in? Is it yeah. in Connecticut? Uh, who founded Yale is New Haven, Connecticut. <laughs> it is in New Haven. Hey. That's crazy. I went to college in New Haven. <laughs> like, literally, you don't even know, you know I went to it. college in this city, and I didn't know this place existed. <laughs> Think about that. But so, congratulations to Nick Anderson. So they're mining it. They're mining deep for this guy. But, yeah, go ahead. That, that was a guy that uh, Mike Dettelier said that may go seventh round, may get a late draft pick. Um, Undersized. He, he was he was so good at Tulane. Yeah. Uh, their defense was so stout for most of the season. And he wins, right? Like, yeah. He, it's always good to bring in guys from a winning culture. That's why the Saints look at team leaders, right? Right. Going back to the Saints draft, guys, was there any pick that kind of took you back by surprise or maybe a, a, the, a move that the team did? I, I wouldn't say I was really surprised by the trade of Troutman. Uh, it just – it definitely kind of – you know, it took me back a little to go, oh, wow, you know, well, it was a, a mentioned as a need going into this draft, that position, but they were definitely willing to part ways with a quote-unquote, I guess, Sean Payton guy. The only move that surprised me was the fact they didn't make a move in the first two rounds. In the rounds. first two rounds, okay. I, mean, I thought they would be a little more aggressive. I mean, the NF, there, there was a record set. There's 43 trades in this draft. It's the most ever. I think the previous record was 40. So, I mean, you look at it like, okay – they were unable to make anything happen in the first few rounds. Why? And I think it, the like when there's that many trades on the board, it gets expensive because everyone's looking at the last trade and saying, "Well, we got to you got to beat that, right?" Um, and so I do think that did hurt the Saints a little bit. And again, we, we go back and I think they wanted Miles Murphy at 29. If they could have got him when when the Bengals got on the clock, they said that they there was two players on the board they were they were unhappy with. But again, I think 
Miles Murphy made more sense because I think you could have got a defensive tackle in the second round. I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I don't hate any of their picks. I don't think there's any to hate. You know, I know a lot of people gave them grief over the Nick Saldaveri pick, but again, I think that's more about like, like I'm sure people complain about Jari Evans uh, out of Bloom, Bloomstown. What's what Bloomsburg? Bloomsburg. Yeah. yeah, like that that pick worked out pretty well, didn't it? You know, <laughs> like the Arkansas Pine Bluff mining expedition worked out pretty well, didn't it? Arkansas Pine Bluff kind of sounds like a mine, like a diamond mine in itself. Uh, anyway, so you know, I'm not going to hate it. I'm not going to hate it. They did what I always complain about them not doing is they <laughs> filled needs. Seemed like, you know, they were definitely going down the sheet and saying, what do we need? Check. Yeah. Right. And, and it's, you know, people, everyone's saying how great the Eagles draft was. And it's like all the Eagles did. Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. Was pick Georgia players. <laughs> like, and then they traded for a Georgia player. They traded for DeAndre Swift. Like, right. Like, oh, my goodness. It's like they just, like, put the draft on Sim. And they were just like, okay, put all the Georgia players near the top. We'll see what happens. Like, we didn't want all of them. What the heck? You know, it's like if you do a fantasy draft and you're not there and you rank all your players and you end up with tight end, tight end the first two rounds. Like, I just wanted one high. Yeah, between Philly, it's like Alabama on offense and Georgia on defense. Yeah, I remember once I did that, I ended up with Jimmy Graham and Vernon Davis as my first two picks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it didn't work out well. But, yeah, no, I, I – I wanted a defensive tackle. I wanted a defensive end. That's exactly what they got. And when the second that happened, I was like, okay, the rest is gravy. Yeah, I, I can't really think of a single pick that really shocked me. Maybe Sal DeVere, but I, I think it works out. It's because you don't know him, right? Exactly. Like, Old Dominion. Right, who's watching Old Dominion football? Right. I, I mean, because there were a lot of players still left on the board at the start of the first round. Yes. That we were talking about before the draft started. We were like, oh, which guy will they take? And then they just kind of come out with Saldaveri, but they obviously like his positional versatility, playing multiple spots on the offensive line. So it makes sense. I, I Outside of that, maybe trading into the fourth round for Jake Hayner yeah. was a little surprising. Um, well, because you feel the, like you might have been able to get him if you guy. waited until the fifth round. Right. right. They wanted their developmental guy, so they went out and got him. I, yeah, nothing really shocked me. Plus, and I said this from the beginning, I expected them to trade those seventh round picks. It's exactly what they did, right? Like, they didn't, they had no interest in picking the third from last in the draft. Like, this is a team that clearly yes. prefers to spend this, that time going after UDFAs, and that's exactly what they did. They didn't do exactly what I expected in that they traded all four for an extra fourth, but they kind of did that. I mean, they ended up getting an extra sixth. The move that I think shocked me the most was honestly not from the Saints. It was what we were just talking about, the DeAndre Swift trade. Yeah. A 2025 fourth-round pick and then a seventh-round pick swap for a guy that's really productive in the NFL. He's just got some injury concerns, obviously, and the running back position is devalued, but still, that felt like a steal for Philadelphia. Well, the second – yeah, and I mean, they should have tried to make that trade prior – to the draft. That's the thing is, you know, I don't, maybe the Lions weren't confident they'd get Jameer Gibbs, but they were going to, if they were always going to draft him at 12, <laughs> then you they should have been, right. been pretty confident. I mean, I guess they <laughs> traded into 12. They didn't have 12 initially. They had six and uh, 18 prior, but still, I, I think if you trade DeAndre Swift prior to the draft, you get a better deal. Oh, absolutely. Because once you draft Jameer Gibbs, everyone's like, what are you doing, DeAndre? You know, you want, you want to, <laughs> you want to pass him along and at a, you're not going to get the type of offers you would have got. And that's what happened. But at the same time, it's probably like, oh, hey, Philly, <laughs> we hear you like the Georgians. <laughs> we have uh, Brian in Mid-City on the line. He's got a fan of the Jake Hayner pick. How you doing today, Brian? Yeah, uh, the more I read about this pick, the more excited I get about it, really. He was picked at just the right time. It seemed to be well worth trading up to get essentially what is the Saints' developmental guy of choice. Mm-hmm. Because of all the the late-round quarterbacks, this one is definitely uh, the best fit for the Saints. Uh, It's easy to see how he can fit right into Pete Carmichael's scheme. 
Uh, he seems to be, you know, a Pete Carmichael type of quarterback. And, you know, people mentioned how he's uh, he's an alum from Fresno State, just like Derek Carr. But what uh, some people don't know is that he's already been talking to Derek Carr. They're already friends. You know, I think Derek Carr wanted him here, too. Yeah, they, uh, they have pictures so, together. Yeah, uh, I was going through some file photos of Jake Hayner, and Derek Carr's in those pictures. Uh, so, yeah, they, they definitely know each other. That's, that's a rare situation. And, you know, when you can grab a developmental quarterback who has familiarity with someone who's in-house and, and fits your offensive scheme, and you get them late round, it, it, it's a no-brainer. I mean, it, it's an incredible value pick. That's what Dennis Allen said as well. He agreed that it was value. You know, it's funny. The Saints aren't even the only team to do that. And I want to get into more uh, on Jake Hanner when we get back. Thanks for the call, Brian. The Rams did that too, almost identically to what the Saints did. They took Stetson Bennett, and they're they're teaming him up with – Matt Stafford, both Georgia guys. It's clearly like a A couple teams felt like that was something that was worth doing. That's interesting. He's extremely smart. He's highly competitive. His decision-making and processing uh, is outstanding. He throws the ball with timing and accuracy. And, look, we we had, uh, you know, RC and DJ had a chance to work with him at the Senior Bowl, and and so we had a little bit of insider information about the player and, and, uh, you know, felt like he was – type of guy that we could bring in here, be behind uh, Derek and Jameis and, and get a chance to grow and learn and felt like it was a good you know prospect to try to develop. Yeah, so what, what DA is talking about there is what I was going to bring up is, you know, when you're talking about Jake Hayner and you're questioning, okay, did the Saints draft the right quarterback? It's like, well, they know what they're getting, it, more so than many other years because Ronald Curry was the, was the offensive coordinator for Jake Hayner's team at the Senior Bowl. DJ Williams was the quarterback's coach, the Saints assistant, uh, at the Senior Bowl. So, I mean, this year, more than any other year, you got a really good look under the hood for that week out in Mobile. And, you know, we talked about how much of an advantage that was for a team that does draft a lot of players out of the Senior Bowl. He was the MVP of the Senior Bowl, right? So I think that's, you know, when you, we hear a lot about like, oh, I can't believe they didn't draft this guy. Well, I can guarantee you they took the top quarterback that they wanted there. I think it's obviously amusing, too, that you have a guy, you have all this insight on, you like him, and it's from the same alma mater as your current QB. Doesn't seem there's that. There's no lack of information. No, and there's right. not that animosity, maybe, or like you're kind of yeah, worried friends. about this guy coming in, taking your job kind yeah, of deal. Absolutely not.